The job. The stress. We are, there is an active shooter working at Douglas. Multiple gunshots are being fired. Politics. Politics. Pressure. Pressure. Get out of here. We got a guy with a long rifle. We don't know where the hell he's at. Fear. Survival. Control 765, I need the radio for a minute. Be advised, we are taking fire from a very high floor. We believe it's possibly coming from the Mandalay Bay. And we get it. And we have to do better. The truth behind the badge. Presented by the Team South Florida Law Enforcement Charity. Thank you for taking the time to join us on this podcast. This is Rich, and this was a pretty impromptu episode. We're titling this one Impact Despite the Hate. And I was joined by our brother from New Jersey, who's an active law enforcement officer. He goes by Bridges Bookham, or on Instagram, you can find him as Bookham underscore Bridges. This episode really allowed us to encompass some of his music and how we can relate to some of his music with the lyrics and the feelings through our emotions with what's going on these days. It's no secret, we've had four police officers shot over this weekend alone, one confirmed deceased. We actually finished this episode and breaking news came in out of D.C. that an officer was shot over there. And then, of course, if we think about NYPD, it's absolutely mind-boggling to think that they've had five law enforcement officers shot within the first three weeks of 2022. It's just heartbreaking and frustrating. And I thank uh, Bookham for taking the time to join me on this episode. I'll play a little bit of an intro to one of his songs, Another Day, and then we'll close out with some more of that song. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy. Jersey City Police Department responded to yesterday's call at a grocery store knowing one of their own had just been gunned down at a cemetery a mile away. We're learning new details about the sniper ambush of police officers in downtown Dallas last night. New information tonight on a shooting that killed a police officer in New Jersey. Police departments around the country are telling their personnel to be extra vigilant. Before I start my tour, I kiss my kids and wonder if I make it back home tonight to see another shift. I can't imagine them not seeing me walk through that door. But I know my purpose isn't what I do it for. Oh man, what's going on? How are you, brother? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. How are you, man? I like that coin collection, brother. Thank you, thank you. Man, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I just walked in the door. I just walked in the door. You were working? I was working. Nice, man. All right. Nice. I want to get right to this because first off, I appreciate your time. I was Absolutely, on a break. Man. I was on a break earlier today and I was able to tune into your episode earlier this morning. It was great. It was good. I love it. I'm a little bit fired up, but my emotions are mixed because I feel really good. A lot of it, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass or anything. I really like your music. You know, it's no secret. Thank you, bro. Thank it you, put, man. It, it put me in a real good mood, and it's very relatable to a lot of the stuff going on today. So I figured maybe we could just discuss it a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, what would you like to know, my brother? <laughs> well, for starters, I, I titled this episode Making a Difference Despite the Hate. All right? For those that don't know you know, that are tuning in, either your supporters, our supporters, they're probably much of the same anyway. I'm about a 15-year active law enforcement officer, two different police departments. Uh, I work down in South Florida. I don't know how much you want to say about you, but let's, uh, you know, just put yeah. something out there. What's going on, everybody? Uh, it's Danny here, a.k.a. Bookham. I, uh, I run a nonprofit. I founded a nonprofit approximately four years ago. Out of, based out of New Jersey, 
Uh, I've been in law enforcement now for 16 years. Uh, I'm a father of three daughters. And I'm about to be 40 in a couple of weeks, man, and I'm still rapping, so <laughs> still have a love for it. So the type That's of good. music that I do, yeah, thank you, man. The type of music I do is hip-hop, and I, I see hip-hop as a direct conduit, a direct way to reach the inner city kids and the inner city culture. So it's a great way to bridge the gap. I appreciate that, and I agree. Um, let's dedicate this episode tonight to our entire NYPD family, our yes. brothers, our sisters, yes. their family. Uh, we've had yes. five officers shot from just NYPD in within, one the week. First, in the, within the first three weeks of 2022. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Um, I'd like to send our thoughts to our brother, Jason Rivera, pray for his family. I want to send our continued prayers out to uh, our brother, Officer Wilbert uh, Mora and his family. Well, he just passed away, man, unfortunately. He just passed away, yeah. He just he just uh, passed away today, earlier today. Got the news from one of my friends. So, yeah, man. So, rest in peace to, the, to both of those brothers. All right. I don't want to say too much about Wilbert because there's so much conflicting information out there, but, you know... It's just frustrating with the information. It, it is what it is. Uh, with that being said, we got some inbox messages, just maybe bad timing, maybe good timing because it provoked this conversation here. But some of the messages that we got from our organization, there's things like, it's what they signed up for. You know the risks. Why don't you ask for prayers for all of us with all the bad cops out there? And then you get some of the haters with the police brutality. You all deserve what you get. Do you get some of the same messages? And either way, what do you say to some of these? I Absolutely. It's funny you say that. I was, I was addressing that earlier on one of my lives because it was affecting me. I had gotten a bunch of messages. Most of them were positive. Most of them were encouraging. Uh, but there were a few that were anti-cop, that had an anti-cop rhetoric. Uh, same thing. You chose, this, you chose this profession. You know what comes along with it. Uh, you know, this is the result of bad cops being bad cops and you guys not standing up to the bad cops. So I had the same type of messages in my inbox today and yesterday, you know? It's, it's bad timing for some of these uh, conversations because the people that handle our social media with the, the messages and everything, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's other people, retired, active, etc. All of us are just... We're fed up with what's going on. And I'll be honest, you're a lot more positive and optimistic than I am in, in a lot of our conversations. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm at the point where I felt like this for a while now. It's like everybody turns to law enforcement to solve every single problem out there. So my question is not to you, my question out loud is, at what point are we gonna turn to the citizens to demand more from, say, the judges, the prosecutors, the schools? Are we going to focus on parenting? Are we gonna, you know, it just seems like we want police officers to be the parents, the teacher, the social worker. I'm doing, I'm fortunate I work for an agency where I'm very happy. Uh, we've got a lot of community support and everything, but I'll be real with you. I don't know if I could mentally work at a place like NYPD, given what these guys are dealing with day in and day out for so long. 
I agree with you, bro. I know a lot of brothers and sisters that work over there. Um, not only, uh, I, don't, I don't want to throw this in the mix, not only are they underpaid, but a lot of times they don't receive the training that they deserve. They don't receive the recognition that they deserve. And they're put, you know, they're put under the thumb of the administration that we know is a chaotic administration. <laughs> you know, so you mix all of these ingredients together and what do you create? You create a chaotic atmosphere, a chaotic work environment, a chaotic society. So it's just crazy what they're going through over there. I stand with them. I stand for the good cops over there. I know a lot of them. Um, and I'm just glad that that old administration is out. I'm hoping Eric Adams does something better for the city. You know, I remain optimistic on that end. But let's see. We, we, we uh, still have to see what's going to happen with that, man. Yeah. I, I, macro level, when we talk about police incidents and you think about give or take 800,000 across the country, you go to a micro level and you talk NYPD, give or take 30,000. I think it's important to point out, a lot of people don't think about this, but you see a handful of incidents that make the news that are quote unquote controversial, that are negative, that people have all these questions, they're up in our, you think about 30,000 cops, the amount of contacts that they must have not only in a year, a month, a week, just one shift alone for an agency that size. I think they're doing a pretty damn good job. Of course. I know a lieutenant, good friend of mine, Vinny Variano, great guy, works out of Coney Island in Brooklyn, one of the most uh, dangerous and, and busy neighborhoods in New York. And he tells me in a week you could answer 3,000 calls for service in one week. <laughs> that's insane. On average, you know, that's 600 calls a tour on a five, you know, if, assuming they work five days a week, 600 calls. And I, I mean, that's the average, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can only imagine the volume of calls that they have. And obviously these aren't all serious calls in nature. They, they range from anything, right? From noise complaints up to the more serious uh, calls, man. But I really think the problem, man, getting right to it, um, I believe that there's a very small percentage of, of, of people in society that are just evil, brother. There's no rehabilitating pure evil. People that just have a malice heart, that just don't care for other people, predators. You know what I'm saying? That just find a way to cause harm and cause pain. There's no way to rehabilitate that. What we have to try to, where we have to try to intervene is in the communities, is with these kids, with these people that truly do need us. Because the large majority of the, of the public, they, they really want us. They want us to be there. The problem is that there's a narrative that's been generated through social media, through these 30-second, 60-second clips that all cops are bad. But in, in retrospect, the interaction that most of us are having with the general public outside of this telephone outside of these cameras is a positive interaction you get what i'm saying so 100 percent. you know and i just i just get upset because i also get upset with the public because they believe and i want to put this out there they believe that a good cop is a cop that's just kumbaya giving kisses and hugs to babies and people in the street shaking hands that is a good cop that is a good a cop proactively engaging with the community, but we also need those proactive cops that go out there, get the bad guys off the streets, but they do it 
correctly. They do it with integrity, and they do it withholding the oath that they took, right, to service the community with integrity and to service their community. So we need those proactive cops. We need them to go break down those doors, save these children, uh, you know, capture these pedophiles, capture these killers. We need these type of cops. So it's not only about guys like me, but I love to go out there, shake hands. You know, I do music. I engage with the community heavily. There's cops that are very quiet, that they're introverts, but they have a passion for the community. And the way that they show it is by being proactive and getting things off the street. Yeah, see, I, I agree with you 100%. The only thing I'm going to say is, at some point, we have to throw it back to the community. I'm just tired of... Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm in a good, yeah. I'm in a good spot. I, I'm in a good agency with the good, good community support overall. And you know what else is funny, by the way? I was talking about this with a couple of our, our guys from North Carolina. The three of us have all experienced the same. And it's probably... I don't know. I don't want to speak for you in Jersey, but the harder areas the tougher areas the areas that quote unquote struggle more that are lower economic etc things like that we've experienced more of a welcome from these areas <laughs> they appreciate yeah. us they like seeing yes. us we have good interactions yeah. from the areas that you know you're seeing on the media and then on the news that quote unquote you know yeah. police brutality this that the other same thing with yeah. you it's the same thing brother same thing it's the same thing everywhere. It's not what it's not what it appears to be on social media, on the news. You know, really feel for our, our brothers and sisters with NYPD. I mean, they've just been through the ringer. They've been through too much. And when I compare the things that I've gone through and the things that I see, I just I wish that we could be a voice for their surrounding community and have their community show the support that I see down here from our organization. And from where I work and from somewhere, some, you know, places that other officers in our organization work, I'm sure that they get it. It's just, you just don't see it enough. If I could get any message out there, I would be asking the general public in New York, especially these places, these officers have got to be tired and not just physically tired, mentally tired. They need to see some more support. We've got the one confirmed officer that was killed. I hope that those streets are lined and there's gridlock traffic to the end of the day, every which direction. They, they need to see that. Uh, like I said, I don't know how they still show up and do their job over there. I really don't. It's crazy. Well, I, I can guarantee that. Um, I can guarantee that those streets will be lined with a blue wave. I know for a fact there's cops coming from all over the nation it can't just uh, to be show us, their though. support. Can't just be I know. Us, that's the thing. So I get it. The community should be upset. They should be. They should be outraged uh, because this kid, from what I understand, I was talking to Angel today, and Angel had mentioned that this kid grew up four miles from the incident where he was, where he was shot at. He was from the neighborhood. He grew up in that community, and he genuinely wanted to make a difference in his community. So I believe that the community should be outraged because they got what they want, right? A lot of communities say, we want cops from our neighborhoods. But it's unfortunate that two days ago, uh, Officer Rivera, our brother, encountered pure evil. I mean, there's no, there's no rehabilitating. There's no talking to that type of evil. They didn't even have, from what I understand, I wasn't, obviously none of us were there, um, but... 
from what I understand, from what I'm reading, from what I'm seeing in these news outlets, you know, they were ambushed. They didn't even have a moment to speak with the gentleman. So at the end of the day, I won't mention this guy's name. He doesn't deserve to be mentioned. He's a coward, right? Ambush these officers. They didn't even have an opportunity. So for that reason, the community should say, whoa, whoa, whoa. You killed not only an officer, but you killed a member of our community. Exactly. That was, that was one of us, you know? Exactly. Um, so, so I believe that the community will be there in force. Um, I know that there were a lot of community members leaving flowers at the, head, at the precinct, um, you know, coming out, showing. But I believe Angel made a good comment. Um, Angel said that he believes this kid, it's, it's a big statement, it's a big word, but in some way will be kind of like a martyr, right? Because I believe that his unfortunate demise will be, will, 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 will shock the communities and cause a great reaction for the better. I, that's, I really believe that that's what's going to happen, man. Look at uh, Officer Autumn. Uh, here's what the public needs to understand. The police are first because we are on the front line, but the public is next. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. And then I don't want to skip this comment from... Uh, that's said, my boy right there. It said that we have to be martyrs for the change to take place. Yeah, I was shot 25 yeah. from my home in the community I serve in prayers. So Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's... That's real talk right there and everything. It's just, I go back to, I go back to your music because I wanted to relate this. Like, you know, I, I was driving into work this morning and I'm listening to some of it. Like Another Day, for example. All right. That song hits me a little bit. And I don't know if you want to summarize it or give a little background to it. But the beginning, you start hearing headlines from all across the country. You know, let me not mm -hmm. put words in your mouth. Go ahead. Talk, talk about it a little no, bit. No, no, no. So Another Day is a song that one day I was home and I was frustrated, man. This was about two years ago. I was frustrated with how police were being perceived. And that's when the whole thing with, uh, you know, uh, just after George Floyd and, and everything started happening. And it just was a snowball effect. And I just wanted people to understand that we're human as well. And I said that us as police officers, us as sheriff, state, whatever, you know, municipality you work in or jurisdiction you work in, we, we thank God for another day. We wake up, we thank God that we're able to go to work, we're able to come home another day, uh, that we have children that we want to see another day. Um, and I just felt that people needed to understand through hip-hop in the, in, in the inner cities, they needed to see and feel what we see and feel through music, because I believe that music does give us a certain type of feeling, right? And it wasn't only meant for cops, it was meant for everybody to understand what it's like for us as cops to see another day. You get what I'm saying? And the feels and the feelings that are behind that. Yeah, no, and it's relatable, especially for the ones of, for those of us that are parents that have kids, you know, you talk about leaving your family behind and just not knowing, you know, it's, that's the reality for us. And here's the problem where we're, we're at this crossroad in society where you got these, these inbox messages that we're getting, and I don't mean to keep jumping back to it, but I've got to mention them. Some of these people we can have a dialogue with, some of these people we can genuinely have a conversation, and they have a perspective, we have a perspective, there's common ground in the middle, we can agree to disagree on some things, but we can both learn from each other. And that's the beautiful thing about the bridges and building 
the dialogue and the communication. Some of them, it's pure evil, it's hatred, it's trolling, and it's complete bullshit, and you're just not going to get anywhere. But absolutely, it, you know, uh, it's crazy, touch, bro. Let me touch on this comment real quick, because this was brings me to another one of your songs. By the way, we need community no to understand that we live that we live to serve the community. We are not the enemy. We are the buffer between yeah. life and death. And I love yes. that line, we are not the enemy, because I say yes. that all the time. Uh, what, pray for me, right? Yeah, pray for me. We're not the enemy. Absolutely. I actually have a song called I Am Not Your Enemy as well. Shout to Salute the Blue. Um, you know, they, they, they use that mantra very often, Salute the Blue, out of New, uh, Louisiana, Sergeant, up there. So... Yeah, man, we're not your enemy, man. We're, we're really not your enemy. And what I hate, I don't want to use hate. Hate is a strong word. What I, what, what, I, what I really dislike is that the community sets standards, certain members of the community set standards for us that they're not willing to adhere to themselves. I'll give you an example. Oh, we want you to point out the bad cops and this, that, and we want you to, no problem. It does happen, but people don't see us on the news pointing out bad cops because you know most of us have SOPs and there's a way that we go about it to point out these bad cops. We can't just go, uh, you know, talk to the local news and say, well, listen, we, we know about a bad cop doing something in our, in our department and we don't do it that way. You understand how we function, right? Uh, you as a police officer understand that there's a, there's, a, there's a protocol to addressing these bad cops, right? But the community wants us to do these things, but at the same time, they don't hold members within their community that commit acts of oppression in their community accountable for those acts. They want us to adhere to a certain standard that they're not willing to adhere to in the streets. You get what I'm saying? How often? Yeah, you could, you no, could jump I, in. I was going to say 100% absolutely, and you can't, have the, you can't hold us to the same standard and then you ignore the same thing. So, for yeah. example, we go ahead and we deal with somebody that's been arrested 20, 30, 40 times, felony offenses, and they're constantly let out of jail, bond, probation, parole, and they're continuing to impact your community. But instead of focusing on that problem and the problem on why that person is getting out over and over and over and over and over again, we don't look at the system. We don't look at them. We don't look at their background, their parenting, anything like that. We focus on law enforcement. That's the stuff that has got to change. We've been saying this for years. A hundred percent, bro. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. I love Autumn. I love her. She's amazing. She's powerful. Um, but I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with her statement. What did we. I missed it. About, no, no, no. About the community comes second. We come first. Okay. Um, see, so what I, I love her. She's amazing. And, you know. Um, and she very, she's a very strong sheepdog, you know, uh, but I, w I want to say that I want to say that when you put that uniform on, it's not about you no more. You service the community that you work for. You service, you know, the county, the state that you work for. You and I both know that when we show up to work, we get called to calls for service. Doesn't matter how we feel. Doesn't matter how I feel going to that call. I have to respond to that call to protect and serve my community. You get what I'm saying? So I believe that it's unfortunate that we have to put ourselves and our own feelings aside, right? It's part of the job. 
listen, dude, you can't say no in going into an active shooter, right? If there's an active shooter, there's imminent threat and danger, there's, that's an exigent circumstance, you're going in. There's no, oh, but this is how I feel, I have a family. No, we are going in. And I think that people need to really understand that. They really need to understand that, yes, we chose this profession, but I think you need to be appreciative. Listen, I don't need a pat on the back. We chose this profession. But you also need to be appreciative that there are men and women that chose to be the barrier between the strong and the weak, between evil and the good. Because without that barrier, we have total anarchy. We have chaos. You get what I'm saying? So, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, love, I love this, and I agree 100%. And I think this is the part where part of me says this is what makes us different. But the other part of me says, I go back to, we're still human. We're part of the community. Yes. We're, yes. we're one yes. of the same. You know what I mean? Look, I'm at my house. You know what I mean? You're at your house. You're at your office. I'm at my, wherever we are. We have stress. We've got relationships. We've got finances. We bleed. We cry. I mean, we're human just like the same people that expect us to be perfect. The other thing I don't want to forget, and it's on the tip of my tongue, I don't like saying all these bad cops because when we look at roughly 800,000 across the country and you can only count on two or two hands, you know, maybe using your hands and your feet to count. I mean, it's not an epidemic. We've got more problems in the healthcare industry with the church, <laughs> with the teachers in the school system than we do yes. with law enforcement. I agree. I brother, you nailed it. A hundred percent. I agree. The reason why we are, uh, we are the sacrificial lamb, right, is because we are in the forefront. We are the ones that they see during the good, during the bad. We are the ones that they see. So it's, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get those type of narratives placed on us because that's just who we are. We're in the forefront, you know. Um, and, and, and I get it, man. I, I Listen. You, you, there's a lot that I don't want to talk about here. <laughs> you know, there's a lot that I want to say that, you, you know, we got to really tread lightly on. Uh, one of them is politics. One of them is politics, administrations. We could go on and on and on about people that don't deserve to be wearing a badge. But there's, a, there's nepotism. There's, you know, there's people that have a lineage of, oh, well, my son needs the job because he needs the job, but they, his heart or her heart aren't in the job. They just want to be cool and be cops. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of that nepotism going on. There's a lot of, you know, politics that really get involved in law enforcement that shouldn't be getting involved. Uh, it's just, it's just sad, man. It's a sad time, you know? All right. So on that note, and not to go down a, a different path, but talk about, I wrote this line down, paraphrasing, uh, good cop. You have a line in there that talks about politics, gossiping. When you fall, that's what hurts more than getting hit with a hollow tip. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, I'm glad you brought that up, man. So I went through a period, I went through a very dark period, brother, where I made mistakes as a young cop. I didn't have anybody to really put me under their wing and say, this is what you do, this is what you don't do. I'm not trying to get woe is me. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have a good mentor, 
uh, in law enforcement. Made some mistakes, no criminal, nothing crazy, just mistakes. So you know in law enforcement, a lot of times when you make these mistakes, instead of some brothers and sisters saying, well, listen, you're going to get out of this rut. You're going to do better. You're going to be all right. How can I help you? They kick your back in and they drag you through the mud and then it causes depression. You feel like a black sheep. Uh, you know, you feel unwanted, even though you know your worth. During this period of time, I'm like, but I'm a squared, you know, I'm not bragging, but I know who I am. I'm saying I'm a squared away cop. I know how to deal with the public. I, I take care of myself. You know, I'm in uniform. I, why are they treating me like this? Because I made mistakes. But when I went to the academy, they teach us about one, that we are one. If one falls, we all fall. We all pay for it. But then when you get onto the job, you quickly learn that it's not like that. So it was a rude awakening for me. And that's why I threw that in there, because I started seeing politics play a major role, and I started seeing gossiping play a major role. First day with an FTO, FTO's telling me, don't talk to this person, don't talk to that person, this person's a scumbag, this person did this. And I'm like, I just got in the car, I just got in the job. So these are the things, these are the poisons that affect law enforcement, man. And uh, that's what I meant by that line when I said that line. Man, this is the stuff that people don't see. This is what the general public, yes. they don't understand, they don't get that, they don't see that. Nope. All right, let's go back on track. Um, end of watch, talking about the traffic stop. I just like that because <laughs> we've all been there. We've all, and let me give you an example. Uh, how many of us as active law enforcement officers we run a tag or we see an equipment violation or an expired tag or the guy blows the red light, you pull the car over and then you're like, oh my God, he's got a serious violent warrant and you had no idea. But that song, I mean, you literally, you talk about it. You talk about the traffic stop, a brake light being out, the driver's got murder on his mind thinking that you know what he knows and he thinks yeah. that you, like that's, that's yeah. real talk too. People don't, you know, talk, talk about that song a little bit real quick. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I so I wanted to draw a picture through my through my through that song. I wanted to uh, so the the end, the song is a, like you just said a car stop. The officer is a good cop. Uh, he sees a car with a broken tail light. He's actually going to give the guy a warning. He's not even going to ticket the guy. You know, he's just going to stop the guy. Say, hey, well, you know, obviously if all his paperwork and his credentials are correct. He's only going to get a warning for the, for the broken taillight. But the guy that he's stopping just committed, just committed a major crime. And he thinks that the officer knows about it. So he has murder on his mind. He's like, I'm going to kill this, excuse my language, I'm going to kill this fucking cop to get away. Me as an officer, I'm jumping out of the car like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just going to give this guy a warning, let him go. You know, it's all good. The car came back, everything's... Everything's good. I checked the car, you know, on my MDT. Everything's good. I'm just going to give him a warning, right? Walk to the car. The tension grows between he and I. And uh, what happens, it leads, to, uh, it leads to a gunfight, right? In the song, it leads to a gunfight uh, where, I'm, you know, the officer's ambushed. But at the end of the song, I think is one of my favorite parts. Um, at the end of the song, the officer ends up you know, dying. That's why it's called end of watch. And while the officer is dying in the street, um, there's a black man in a Yankee fitted. There's a Muslim praying for him. The black man in a Yankee fitted is giving him CPR. The Muslim is praying for him. 
and the person that killed the officer is the same race as him. Mm. So I wanted to show people that it's not always what it seems. You get what I'm saying? It's See, race, there's a lot of beautiful black people. There's a lot of beautiful Arabic people. And I'm friends with people from all walks of life. So it comes to show you for those people, for those officers, for those people in general that may have their prejudices for whatever reason. I just wanted to show through the ending of this song that when that cop was seeing his final moments, taking his last breath, that the people that were helping him were members of that community. And the person that killed him was a person that was just like him, a father, a Latino, and somebody that was just like him. You know what I mean? Man, that's see, that's powerful. Yeah. And that's and that's the stuff we we learn more about our brothers and sisters at these funerals. And yes, it, you know, I went to Lauderhill, Florida. There was a, a celebration of life for an officer that took his own life that committed suicide. And mm. one of the things I'll, I'll never forget. I hate judging a book by its cover. You know, we all have these inherent biases and everything, but talk about courage so we're at the celebration of life and if anybody's tuning in that was at that that celebration of life i, I think most would agree with me we kind of got nervous this this young adult walked up on the stage and i'll just be blunt he looked like a gangster i mean he looked like straight up like a thug he looked like a gangster <laughs> all right yeah and he gets on the stage and it's a room filled with cops we're like thinking every which way this could go any which way he gets up there and he starts talking about how the officer a white male was so above and beyond over the top involved with the community knew his family helped him out motivated him encouraged him to do better in school mm. i mean it was like we all were thinking the worst and here we went all the way back to the other side so to your point you really just never know you know, it works both ways. So people don't want us as law enforcement to judge them and think that we're all bad cops and we're all racist and this and that. But you know what? You see a small, tiny, tiny amount that screw up or do wrong, and then you paint the whole profession with the same brush. You know? It's it's absolutely. And I, I'm going to tell you this, man. Um, I'm going to blame it on some cops, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna blame it on some cops because the community, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, I mean this with respect, I'm gonna say this. The community is like our children, right? When I come home, I provide protection, right? I take care of my children, that's my family. When I'm out on these streets and I'm patrolling my jurisdiction, I care for that. They're like my children. I look after them. Something happens. I, I, you know, I go there. I talk to them. So uh, what I'm saying is, is that we don't, we don't. Uh, some officers fail to be engaged with the community on a level where get out of your car, talk to people, get to know your community, uh, be engaged with them. If you hear about a kid that's graduating that you had an interaction with them, get together and say, hey, bro, I'm gonna go to your graduation. I'm gonna show you support. Those little things, man, those little things uh, can create such a bond with your local PD, with your, with your police department. I always tell cops this. I tell people this that I come into contact with. I say, be a breath of fresh air, not only 
in regards to your demeanor, how you show up, but be a breath of fresh air. Be squared away. So when cops see you, and you and I both know when we're on scene, you know there's times that a cop shows up and we're like, fuck. Like this guy showed up. Like you know, you know the deal. You right? But then there's right. times, bro, yeah, sure, you sure. know, then there's times where a cop shows up, a guy or a girl, and we're like, I know I'm in good hands. You know what I mean? So I always tell cops, be a breath of fresh air. Be that cop that when you show up, the scene calms down or people respect you because of your work, because they know what type of person you are, right? And they also know, like, listen, book him. He's a good cop, man. He takes care of us. But you know what? Don't play with him. Don't, don't cross the line with him. At the same time, he's a good person, but let's treat him with respect. So be that breath of fresh air. I think a lot of cops are very toxic. And a lot of times, it's, it's, you nailed it, bro. It's because of the trauma that we've dealt with. Maybe they're just fed up with the administration, fed up with the things that they see every day. Maybe at home, they're having problems at home. So they bring it to work. But that is why we need a group of cops, good cops, that will help travel the nation, brother, travel the nation and help cops to become themselves, to mentor them, to give them some type of cushion, somebody that they could vent to. Because there's departments where I know cops hit me up on my DM and they tell me, brother, how do you do what you do? I can't even, I, I, can't, I love to rap, I love rap music. But I can't, I can't even talk about it because these guys will start making fun of me. Or I, I can't do it. Like, how do you do it? It's a shame, dude. It's a shame that cops have to live in a box because they can't be themselves. And 1, we need cops. Dude, we need cops that are willing to give of themselves and add value to other cops. It's not only about training tactically. How many trainings do we have about case law, about uh, tactics, but how many real seminars or real training programs do we have in place nationwide to train cops how to, how to better themselves, how to, how to come out of the shell, how to talk to people, how to be human, how to engage with the community? Just in general, how, why don't we have these type of trainings? You get what I'm saying? So cops need people. They need to talk. They need to feel like they're part of something. They need to feel like if I am myself, I won't get, I, 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 they won't laugh at me. They won't, they won't mistreat me. They won't treat me like an outcast. That's one of the reasons why suicide is high, because these cops have nowhere to go, nowhere to turn to. And it's all because they feel like an outcast. Let's keep it real. And I'm going to take it a step further to piggyback off of what you're saying. I don't care if you're a field training officer in a training unit or anything like that. You could be a three or four year patrol officer with some life experience and you could have a positive influence on somebody that just started the job. You know, yes. we got a lot of people in the comments that were saying, be the change, be what you want to see. You know, yes, yes. And, yes. and then we got, a, we got a bunch of people like Fit Cop is saying, uh, talking about supervisors and cops need a vision. 100%, it comes down to mentorship. It comes down to being, you know, having a good influence. Um, our brother, Jason Rivera, you know, I go back to this video. I don't know if you saw the video, but it was like two minutes or so of him speaking to high school students, trying to be a positive influence, telling them to follow their dreams and follow their path. How much more influential can you be? You know, I, that guy, man, what a loss for the community. 
But it just goes it's, to show you uh, we are we're one of the same. We're with the community. Yeah, man, absolutely, brother, absolutely, and it, it, it's a tragedy that he lost his life four miles away from where he lived. Um, you know, it, it, it's a tragedy that it had to come to this, that now the community is, is, you know, the commissioner, the police commissioner in New York, she was very upset. She was visibly upset, uh, you know, and, and it's a tragedy that this kid's death uh, had to occur for there to be a shock through the community, uh, for them to wake up and say, wow, this good kid who was from the community got killed just for going to a house call that he was sent to, um, you know, and, and, and these are the dangers that we face on here's, a daily. Here's what upsets me, though. So I'll agree with you on this. Two weeks from now, are they going to be talking about this? They won't. You know why, man? It, 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 it's, it's unfortunate, and I'm, I'm very, it's sad to say this, but it's going to happen again. It's not, you know, this is something, you know, in the line of duty, deaths are not going to stop. We can only hope that they, you know, they minimize in the amount uh, that happen each year. Um, but it's not going to stop because of the pure evil that's out there, brother. It, you know, it just is what it is. It's unfortunate. Uh, the community, we can change the community. We can help change the community. I believe in that. And I'm going to use Camden, New Jersey as an example. Okay? That's a good area, right? <laughs> Camden, <laughs> Camden, New Jersey was one time, I think in 2009, if you look it up, considered the worst city in America. Okay? 2009, the worst city in America. All right, they fired. I think the whole police department got fired. It was it was crazy. They revamped it. They changed their community outreach approach. Boots to the ground. Crime has dropped over forty percent. Major crime, which is good, man, for a for a violent city. And community and police um, uh, interaction has grown substantially to the point where cops were marching for peace with the community members in some of the worst neighborhoods. So I believe it can change. It can change. We can change communities. The evil, the pure, pure evil, the organic evil that's out there, it's not, you can't rehabilitate it, man. It's evil. It's not going to stop. We can only hope to stop it before it affects the masses. But it's out there, brother, and that's what we need sheepdogs for. All right. Amen. All right. So just before we wrap this up, I want to humanize yeah. it even more. So let me give you maybe two or three quick stories. And then I love it if you could share one or two as well, because some of the comments yeah. that we got after doing these is relatable, real life examples from what you actually can say. Obviously, we can't talk about everything. But so I'm going to go first. I will tell you earlier today. I saw a suspicious vehicle parked in an empty lot where there's no other vehicles found. And here's an example for the community, all right? I, as a white male, I walk up to the car, and to be honest with you, I actually thought the car was unoccupied. I did not see anybody in the vehicle, all right? I get up to the window, and sure enough, there was somebody in the car. This could have went so many different ways, and none of what I'm telling you is going to be on the news because it didn't end poorly. So nobody knows about it. Nobody sees anything about it. 
I knock on the window. Uh, black male, probably in his 30s or so, opens the window. I even commented to him, with everything going on these days, he very easily could have been a jerk, been uncooperative. What are you stopping me for? What's the crime? I'm not opening the window. I'm not showing all that stuff. He didn't do any of that. He was a little on edge at first. He was kind of, it looked like he was caught off guard, like, why is the police at my car? One of these reactions. So I explained to him, he's in his car. He's parked in the middle of a lot. Suspicious. It doesn't look right. Let me just see who you are. Make sure everything checks out. you would be on your way. Gives me his ID. Everything checks out. We had a nice conversation and I left. I put that back to the community because 99.9% .9 of the incidents would not be incidents. We react to the actions that we're faced with. Not all the time. Not all yeah. the time. I, I agree. Yes, I agree that. But there are times we got to keep it real, my brother. Sure, sure. There are there are times that cops do have this machismo attitude oh, of off the off the jump, and uh, you know, and there are times that it calls for us to be on a higher alert than others. Obviously, um, on a situation like that, I would be on high alert, a hundred percent. With everything going on, the climate going on, um, I'm pretty sure you were on high alert as well. Um, but like I said. It's not always. It's not always. And it's unfortunate that what you said is correct. 99.9% .9 of the interactions go smoothly, just like you said it. Just like you said it. Right. You know? All right. You want to give me a story or you want me to go with another one? I, I'll give you a quick story. Go ahead. And then you go and then you finish off real quick. I'm Puerto Rican. I could talk a lot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> Go ahead. so listen, so real quick, um, real quick, road rage incident. I drive, I hear them. It was freezing out. It was about 10 degrees out. Uh, it was last week, one of my tours. It was like maybe midnight. I hear two people arguing outside of my car. I hear the driver in the rear, uh, the vehicle in the rear, the driver yell out of the window, yo, I got that thing on me right now. What's up? So he's threatening the other driver. The other driver from the front was out of the vehicle approaching when he heard him say that, when he heard him say that, the driver from the front started to retreat to his vehicle. At that point, obviously, I stop, I conduct a stop, I approach the vehicle with the driver that made that statement, yo, I got that thing on me. So I, I approach the vehicle, now I have PC to check the vehicle, I pull the driver out, pat him down for safety, whatever, so on and so forth, right? I got him on the hood of the car, at first, He's very um, abrasive, very, you know, edgy. He's like, you know, why, yo, what are you stopping me? You know, I, I didn't say nothing. I said, I heard you clearly. This is what you said. I said it verbatim to him. I said, I'm not stupid. I know, I know the street term for that means you might have a gun on you. I said, I called it out straight. I said, you're going to stay here. I called for backup. You're going to wait here until I check your car. Stay where I can see you, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I built a rapport with him before the backup unit got there. I was talking to him, built a rapport with him. I was able to point out, you know, hey, you Dominican, we, we had a great conversation. Checked his car, nothing. It all checked out. We had such a great conversation, and I was talking to him to the point that I told him, it's midnight. What are you doing out here? Why do you, you know, why are you driving a little, from what this guy's saying, a little careless? You, you know, you're, you're following too closely. What's going on? 
uh, fast forward, backup gets there. This, this kid, right, who admitted to me that, number one, he was in a gang, right, that he supposedly used to be in a gang. Number two, he was locked up for eight years for attempted murder from New York, right? He admitted it to me before I even ran him, before I even checked his name. He did all this because we had a good conversation. We spoke. I treated him like a human being. I obviously was on high alert, was safe, but we had a good conversation. And when the cops came, I'm going to end it here. When, the, when my backup units came, which were another, it was another, it was another municipality that showed up. They show up, and one of the cops was a little aggressive in the way he approached. So right then and there, this kid who was 23 years old goes, yo, 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 what the fuck's your problem, dog? Why are you approaching me? So now it escalated. Why are you approaching me like you're going to do something to me? Why are you going to, yo, why, yo, you don't know me, blah, blah, blah. I was, I'm good. I already got checked by Officer Rivera. Okay, boom, boom, boom. I went over there. I said, guy, I said, brother, his name, you know, the kid's name was the first name, Carlos. I said, I said, calm down. Yo, me and you are good. Me and you are good. Calm down. The other cop, I told him, yo, just do me a solid. Just, just go over there. You guys aren't, you know, meshing too well. The kid tells the cops, he goes, if it wasn't for him, I'll be giving you guys a hard time right now. He goes, if it wasn't for him, it's cold as hell out here. I will be giving you guys a hard-ass time right now because I know you guys are on camera. Exactly what he told them. And for me, that made me feel so good that I was able to just intervene and just eliminate a possible issue from occurring, right? And just get, eliminate these officers, get this kid out of there. You know, I, I gave him a warning. I, I wrote him a warning. I told him, listen, this is, you know, this is what you're getting. You know, thank you. You checked out. He had no warrants. I let him go. But just that, just the fact that, that I built that rapport with him, right? He was clean. He had no warrants. He had nothing. And he told me at the end of it, he got in his car. He said, yo, I wish there were more cops like you. To me, that is the best feeling in the fucking world, bro. Absolutely. You know, that is the best feeling. It could have went south. It could have went south. So that's, you know, that's the only story I'm going to give. Like I tell everybody, treat people with respect. Treat people with respect. Not everybody's going to treat you with the same respect. But that's when you got to be professional. Keep your calm. And when you do so, the cavalry will come to your aid. All right, let me give you a quick feel-good story because this one is too good not to share. Okay. Just, just recently, we're in a not-so-nice part of the city. And we're looking for three armed robbery suspects. So you talk about high alert. I round the corner in my patrol car, and I see these two youngsters could not have been more than seven, eight, nine years old on a bicycle, riding down the street on the sidewalk over there, right? They look back at me. I look at them. At that age, they're young and impressionable. So I can't stand when... All they see is negative, negative, negative. I like to always go out of my way just to try to show them that we're normal human people, even if it's just a way. So as I start Good, driving man. up, as I start driving up, my driver's side window is wide open. It's all the way down and everything. Do you know this kid looks at me? I think he had to be seven or eight years old. He's like, oh, man, thank you so much for the football. I'm like, what do you mean football? What are you talking about? He's like, man, I appreciate it so much. You gave me a football. I said, no, man, that wasn't me. He goes, well, it was somebody that looked just like you when they were driving the car just like you. Wow. 
something so small that some officer that I work with that I don't know who it is. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying, brother? That kid, you know what I mean? So you small acts, brother. Small acts. Small yeah, acts. Just, just never that know. That kid, I'm going to leave you with this. That kid, we are in the one profession where one interaction could change somebody's perception like that. And with one interaction, that, that kid, you could leave that kid or person, you can leave such a great impression that they'll follow the profession and you'll become their role model because of that great interaction that they have with you. We are the one profession, one of the professions in the world, doctor, you know, uh, police, fire, any first responders. We are in a profession where that first interaction if it's such a positive interaction, you could change somebody's life permanently, man. I'm telling you, it has happened. I've seen it. Um, you know, last, last thing I'm going to say, I had an EDP. Um, he was in my community, well-known EDP. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, emotionally disturbed person, somebody that has mental illness, that's what EDP stands for. Do you know that me and this kid had such a good rapport? I had so much love for this kid. He suffered from depression, had a lot of trauma in his life. Do you know, brother, that he came up to my vehicle one day and told me straight out, I feel suicidal, I feel like hurting somebody. Just kidding. He saw it was me, and he came up to me and told me that. So think about how powerful you can be in your community if you have a good rapport with members of your community where they feel comfortable coming to you for help in a crisis situation like that. He could have easily seen a cop that he doesn't trust or somebody that he just doesn't feel comfortable with and he could have went and killed somebody or did something to somebody because he was in a dark moment. But he felt so comfortable that he came to me for that assistance. We called EMS, he was taken to the psych unit and he came back fine. So I, I, there you go, brother. Uh, I encourage everybody that's listening, all my brothers and sisters in blue, don't lose hope. Keep doing your job. Keep your head on a swivel. Stay safe. Train. Read. But be compassionate and don't lose empathy for the people of your community. I can't follow up with anything more than that. I'll just tell you, uh, take, <laughs> take the minute to get a uh, free plug. How do people find your music? So if you want to find me on uh, Spotify, it's uh, Bookham Bridges. The name of the project, the uh, EP that I have on there is called The Bridges Project. Uh, my single is called Another Day. If you want to reach out to me uh, through email, you could send me an email, theprojectbridges at gmail. Thank you, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. We need more of you up there and down here and everything, man, you know? Absolutely. Thank you for your All time, right. brother. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a good Take night. Take care, brother. You too, brother. You too. Never break.